You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. You're listening to South Dakota Unlimited, the podcast for the average South Dakota sportsman, where we talk everything outdoors, hunting, fishing, trapping, conservation, and anything else that impacts you as a sportsman in the 605. Hosted by C.J. Peters. Now let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you all are stoked as I am for this warmer weather and for it finally to start feeling like spring. I hope you're getting out there, enjoying it fishing, shooting your bow, hiking, shooting your rifle, throwing up a hammock and reading, get to your garden, get it planted. It's a lot of fun, by the way. I just got mine a couple weeks ago. I don't care what you're doing. Just get out there and enjoy it. It's an awesome time of year. Super excited for this warmer weather to finally kick in where we can get outside and not freeze our butts off for once. But I don't know about you, but one of the things I love to see every year is the new life, especially all the little ducklings and the goslings that come in about this time every year. If you saw my Instagram post from last week, uh, I saw a ton in one of the parks here in Sioux Falls. It's just a lot of fun to see every year, and they're just funny to watch. Anyway, enough of my rambling. On today's podcast, I have Mr. Jordan Miller from Run to Gun TV and Seeker Supplements here in South Dakota. It's pretty much just a straight-up BS session, and we talk a ton of different stuff from Run to Gun, physical and mental fitness, which he's a personal trainer, so makes total sense, mule deer, elk, and whatever came across our minds, really. He is incredibly enthusiastic and super passionate about about what he does and it's just really contagious so if you're not prepared to go run a mile after this maybe don't listen uh, but i would highly recommend listening still because it is (laughs) it does encourage you a little bit so uh go check him out out on his social run to gun Uh, his handles are in the show notes down below if you can't remember that Um, once again before we get started thank you all for listening i really do appreciate it please do me a favor go follow me on facebook instagram subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast shoot me a message and let me know what you think good or bad i don't care i'll take it i've got thick skin and let me know what you want to hear Uh, enough of that let's get to it and here is mr jordan miller hey jordan how's it going good man how are you today doing great thanks for connecting i really appreciate you setting aside the time to do this with me today Absolutely, CJ. I'm pumped to meet you, man. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's start off real generic. Uh, let's tell everybody who you are and what you do for a living. 
Absolutely, man. My name is Jordan Miller. I am the owner of Run to Gun Hunting Athletics, as well as Seeker Supplements here in South Dakota. Man, we've been rocking since I think I started Run to Gun back in 2011. I was working on that concept of the business. I think we launched it in late 2012. Um, so yeah, we've been at it for a lot of years, man. Um, and we originally started just to train the hunters and outdoorsmen for big hunts, outdoor adventures, and things like that. Um, with, with that in mind, and we just, it kept falling and branching into new things. And so we fell into a TV show opportunity, um, in, in 2013, um, by accident. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that. We just launched that for eight. I know we've been, it's crazy because it, it purely was like, I did not have the goal in mind to do that. And, uh, and, uh, how that happened was <clears throat> we were filming a promo video for my website for run to gun and a buddy was filming and I was doing some trade work because I, I mean, I was just out of college. I had no money and I was uh, personal training, making no money. Um, and then, uh, so I was, I was just like trying to build a business, you know? And, and so we filmed this promo video and he's like, dude, this was making such a sweet TV show. And, uh, he had a connection with, uh, with uh, Midco sports network here in town. And he got me in a meeting in a conference room a week later. And I just like literally had, I didn't have a, a minute of film. I just uh, pitched an idea and a vision that I had for uh, that really wasn't even my vision at first. I mean, it was my buddy saying how it would be a cool TV show and uh, just kind of pitched the vision that we had thought up of. And uh, they were like, yeah, this was like in August. And they're like, oh yeah, this would be sweet. Like, can you have a full season to us? Uh, can you have a full season to us? Like come like January 1st, which a full season's 13 episodes. And I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. You know, I'm like 23 years old. And I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> I walk out of that network and I'm like walking out to my car and I'm like, what did I just get myself into? I don't even own a, a video camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I had no idea what I was doing, man. Um, but it, that's, uh, I, I say that because I really want to like use that as encouragement for anybody else out there. That is, you know, they, they feel the same way. You don't always know what you're going to, you're doing when you start something and that's okay. Uh, nobody knows what they're doing. Like literally nobody knows what they're doing when they're starting something, yep. but you figure it out as you go. Um, and, and you just got to, to work hard and figure it out and uh, make, not be afraid to just make mistakes and fail and then fix them. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's totally cool. So we've been, we've been doing that for, for, we just launched, we had season eight this year. Um, and then I, uh, we joked around that same year as we were building with another buddy, we we're building as a sales deck for to sell sponsorship ads and stuff like that for the mm -hmm. TV show. And, uh, we we're talking about just like the power of like what this brand could could uh, adjust into because I mean, if you look back to 2011, uh, there wasn't a fad of hunting and fitness back then. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, I mean, it's very much a thing now it's common, uh, which is awesome. Um, but it wasn't when, when we started this, um, we were like one of the original people to, to get this going. And I'm not saying we started that fad. It just wasn't a fad when I was doing this. Um, and so we were talking about that power, that brand, all the opportunities. And we joked around about how like, yeah, let's, I hope we can make our own supplement uh, supplement someday, like, and, and really just like make that whole brand and, uh, kind of had that in the back of my mind for all those years. And then in, in 2019, we finally felt like, Hey, you know what we have, I think we have the brand power to do this. Um, let's risk it and go for it. And, uh, we started seeker supplements, which is just a, a, a sister brand to run to gun. Um, so we have seeker supplements and then we have our run to gun line of products. And, uh, we started off with just one product. I wanted to just solve a problem, man. I wanted to have a substitute for people to not drink a Red Bull or a Rockstar or a Bang mm -hmm. every single day. That's loaded with a massive amount of caffeine and, and you have one and you should really only have one. But I say this admittedly working long hours as a personal trainer, early morning, late nights, 
you have you you go to the gas station. It's they always have the buy buy uh, the buy one get one deals or buy two get one deals, yep. and uh, so you you would buy two or three with the intention of only having one that day, and you'd you'd always end up having two or the three, and so you're massively like coked out on caffeine, <laughs> and and it's not good for you, man. Like and so I, I made our first product just called Seeker. Uh, to really substitute that with with a lower amount of caffeine and then a higher amount of nootropics, brain food that help us really focus, and uh, so th- so you could drink it multiple times in a day because it wasn't so loaded in such a high amount of caffeine. So something you could have multiple times. And so I really made that product selfishly for myself to solve a problem that I was having, um, and then here we are, not even two years later. I can't believe it. I think we've uh, I just launched another product this week. I think we have like 15 or 16 different products now. Holy cow. Um, all from multiple flavors of that original product to amino acid blends to three different flavors of protein to a drinkable multivitamin, uh, two different flavors of a stimulant-free pre-workout and uh, a lot of stuff coming down the line, man. So I'm really excited about it. And it's because of the support from from everybody, man. Like we've had such a great, great rallying support who want to support local, who want to support products that are made in the USA. And uh, it's been it's been really cool to just feel the love man from, from that. So that's awesome, man. I just love how it, it rolls into something else. And as long as you're passionate about it, which you obviously are, that's very apparent in, just in the intro here and uh doors just open. So right. let's, uh, and I can definitely rate do having no idea what you're doing because that's how I feel right now. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it's okay. That way. Absolutely, man. That's but awesome. I'm having fun doing it. And uh, everybody listening, I appreciate you listening and, and, and going along yes. with me on that. But let's take a step back. So you're fresh out of college. Where'd you go to college at, by the way? I was at Dakota Wesleyan in Mitchell, South Dakota from 07 to 11. Awesome. Awesome. I do like the Mitchell area. Yeah. Um, But so let's talk about uh, how did you start? So you went to school for personal training? Yeah. Sports exercise and wellness was, I guess, the technical term. Yeah. Yeah. The technical term. Um, so yeah, with the, and I, I didn't know, I don't even know if I had the goal to necessarily be a personal trainer. Um, when I was working, I played college basketball, ran college track. So in high school, um, you know, I didn't see past college. I didn't see past any of that because all I was wanting to do was be a pro athlete in some level of some way, right. Yeah. Um, be, pay, be paid to use a physical ability. Um, and so I, I didn't really ever look past. I didn't know I wanted to do anything besides that. Um, but I was working down in Las Vegas with, with, uh, uh, with, great impact on me on, on, on that. And so I, I thought it was really cool. And I was like, you know, I could, I could totally do this. And so I kind of had that mindset of that's how I found out what I wanted to major in. It was kind of the first time in my life. I looked past like a sport for something to do. Um, but I still didn't know even going through that I was going to be a personal trainer per se. I didn't know that that was the route or if you were going to train athletes at a, at a high school level or college level or pro level, um, doors were open. There's a lot of cool opportunities. I mean, uh, cardiac rehab school. I mean, there's so much stuff. I, so I didn't really know, to be honest with you. Um, and then, uh, it just happened so that, uh, there was, after leaving Mitchell, there was just a, a job opening at a, at a gym in Sioux Falls for personal trainer. And my wife had got a job that was out in the, uh, Del Rapids area. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw in for it. And it just kind of just fell into it, man. Like you said, door, a door opened right there. And, uh, that's how I got started. Awesome. So how'd you take that passion and combine it with, you know, bringing it to the hunting and fishing industry. Because, I mean, like you said, at that time, it wasn't a fad. Now, it definitely is. Because you think mm-hmm. like uh, Dan Staten from Elk Shape, 
Sure. He's huge into fitness and and all well-being in general. So how did you decide to combine those things? Yeah, man. So it was actually like really simple. Uh, as I was graduating, you know, in, in 2011, um, I knew after, after I got the job as a personal trainer, that's when it really started to click for me. Um, because my growing up, I grew up out in Western South Dakota, you know, central and Western South Dakota. And so all I did was I was in the gym, shooting hoops, lifting weights or out hunting. Um, so those were like, that was my life. And, uh, seeing my, I had a dad that really mentored me into hunting, which is amazing. And then I had a grandpa and great uncles that were very much into second amendment, uh, shooting sports, hunting, all of that. Um, and so I would go to their cabins, you know, out in the black Hills and you would, you would see their elk, you know, some of the guys to have the first tags in Custer state park for elk, some, some of the first bighorn sheep tags that were issued in South Dakota, these guys had. And so in mountain goat ticks, so they had mountain goat mounts, they have sheep mounts, they have oh, elk wow. mounts, I mean, giant mule deer. And so it was very much like really cool to me and aspirational, aspirational to me to see that. Um, and so as I was getting older, obviously they were too, you know what I mean? And, and like my great uncle, my grandpa had like 35 years preference points in Custer. Uh, and he, you know, when I, and I was looking forward to it cause I was getting to the point where I was out of college, I was going to be able to go do some of these hunts with them a little bit more. And, uh, they stopped applying for some of these big hunts that they were, they were starting to be due to draw, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or draw the blood, another black, a second black Hills elk tag and things like that. And, uh, they were due to draw and I was really looking forward to doing that. And they did, but they didn't feel physically capable to go execute on that hunt. And so for me, it started to click like, well, I want to prolong people's hunting careers. You know what I mean? So they have the opportunity to hunt with their grandchildren. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I took, you know, my experience of something that happened to me that I, I didn't like, like, I wanted to go hunting with these guys and I didn't get to. And so, you know, to solve a problem was the first goal. Um, and that's how, you know, the concept of run two gun got started. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so then as you came from going to the gym, how did you start promoting that? Did you start working with people in hunting or how did, how did that come about where you started working with people in the outdoors? Yeah. And honestly, a big majority of my clients were just everyday people. You know what I mean? Like, and, and still are a big, massive majority of my, my clients are people who want to be challenged. They want to level up their life. Uh, they want to live healthier. They want to be around longer. Um, and then obviously like I have a certain amount of number of people that come to me specifically for hunting. Um, but that always the commonality between that is it always starts off with the goal of getting ready for a hunt and they always stay after because they understand the big picture of what health truly is and how it's, it's not just for prepping for two months or three months before a hunt. It's that carryover on, Hey, if I can just be healthier, I never have to go through this hard training phase of two months again, because I need to be doing this all the time. And then I can really ramp it up and kick it in a year as I'm getting closer to a hunt again, you know what I mean? As we periodize our training, we can just be healthier all the time and be in shape all the time. And then when Mm -hmm. something big comes up, you know, you can adjust that training to perform at a higher level for a short period of time, like a seven day or 10 day hunt. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was um, from the promotion side of things, honestly, it was just like getting out there. It was getting in front of people. Luckily at the gym I was at, it was busy. So it was getting out there in front of people. Um, I didn't make a whole lot of sales in that first year. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? The TV show definitely helped me after I got into that portion, just because I was getting publicity, um, from that standpoint, but nobody knew who I was. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I got a TV show because I was somebody I got a TV show just cause I walked in there and pitched a vision and they needed content. Oh, this guy's going to make content for me and not, we're not going to pay him anything like perfect. <laughs> like they were getting the good end of the deal. Right. I, I was right. having to put in all the work. 
uh, in order to create this content. But I saw the reward obviously as building brand. And so I was willing to take that risk of, of less sleep, more work to build something. Um, and so, yeah, that was the case. And, and honestly, it was a case of like, uh, I mean, I don't see myself as in anybody still in that sense of, 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 you know, somebody that's looked at as of importance of an icon in a hunting industry or something like that. Um, but in the sense of, if you're just wanting to build a brand in something like you're always able to do so by just putting in work and putting in the self-promotion of your brand. Like you just have to continue, like what you're doing is you're building content. Like you're taking the time out of your day to schedule somebody, to reach out to somebody, to go out on a limb, to get somebody to come talk to you, right? To build that content. And then you're putting that content out there for people to view. That's entertainment value. You know what I mean? You're doing the exact same thing right now. You're putting out entertainment value because people like entertainment. That's yeah, valuable, absolutely. right? And so, and so, you know, we always talk about, you know, content needs, we need to be adding value into people's lives with our content. And uh, we can tend to feel like sometimes like, I'm just putting this out. It's not like, I didn't really say anything that important. Well, it's, it's, you don't always have to say the most like groundbreaking thing. There's not very many new statements ever said anymore, right? Like most <laughs> things have been said, yep. you know what I mean? Most, most thoughts have been thought. Um, and so, and so we, we just need to remember sometimes when we're not feeling that, like, I'm not good enough feeling, or, you know, I've had so many people that are already doing a certain thing. Like if it's your calling, if it's what you're being called into, you know, I mean, it's very important that we act on that calling and that we, we put in that work because we can't just sit back and be like, well, it's my calling. So I hope it's going to happen. Well, right. no, we have to meet God halfway and really take our, our action steps in order to get there, right? And, and, to, and to make progress in our own lives. And, and it can definitely happen. So it's just, you know, it's just continual work. And I, I'd be lying, you know, if I said I didn't want to quit, you know, I'm doing this since 2011, 12, here's 2021, you know, we're almost 10 years into this. And uh, man, I have, I've had a ton of days where it seemed a lot easier to quit versus to continue on. Cause you know, we always have that self doubt and that question of like, is mm -hmm. this really worth it? Like, like, okay, that YouTube video got 82 views. Like, good job, Jordan. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lie in our ear, right? Oh, that's trying to discourage us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. So it's just, it's just having that self-awareness and learning that going through that and to not just beating yourself up over some of these dumb vanity, vanity matrix, mm -hmm. you know, so. So going back to working with people who are looking to get into their hunts, what do you think? Well, I have a couple questions here. Yeah. We'll start off with this first one here. What do you think the hardest thing is for them to overcome? Is it the mental ability or the physical ability, or is it a strong mixture of both? Dude, that's a really good question. And nobody's ever asked me that before. It's a solid question. Um, you know, I would, I think it really starts with the physical ability. Um, because I think everybody believes they're mentally tough yeah. Uh, and, and it's the physical ability that actually makes people realize that they're actually not mentally tough. Um, so I, I think it actually really start. I mean, obviously we have to be mentally strong, but mental strength is definitely built through physical despair. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like it, they definitely go together. So you're not going to be mental. You're not going to gain mental strength, mental fortitude, mental endurance, any of that without going through hardship, without going through pain, without going through that disparity, you know, that, that a freaking hard training and discipline to nutrition and, and that self-discipline, self-leadership brings. So it definitely, I, I think it definitely starts with people's are, mo you know, they mostly come in with that, with big time physical inabilities to perform because they're just out of shape. You know what I mean? Everybody's super stagnant. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also very empowering to them to when they start progressing very quickly. Cause most people do, you know what I mean? You get them yeah. moving a couple of days a week and eating just like slightly better. 
gains are fast because they haven't done anything for so long. Most people are, or when I say anything, it's, it's not structured, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so when they, they see progress, anybody sees progress really fast. If now, if somebody comes into me, they've been training hard on their own for eight years. Um, that, that progress is going to be a different type of speed. You know what I mean? Cause they're yeah. already a trained individual. And so the untrained coming in, you can see progress so fast which builds, I mean, that builds a lot of momentum and it starts to really snowball for them, which then when snowballing happens, momentum builds, what happens? Our confidence builds. And so when our confidence builds, our hope builds, right? And so everything starts to really snowball. And that's when like big time more action takes place. That's when people start, it, it, it turns into much more than just they're getting ready for that hunt. It turns into like life changing things, right? They turn into better fathers and mothers, better coworkers. They start taking risks in their lives to chase dreams that maybe have been on their shoulders for a long time. So it's really cool to see that start with that physical inability going clear over to the other portion of their life. Yeah. And it just flows over and everything, which is funny that we're actually talking about this now because I'm actually, so I don't know if you've ever heard of David Goggins. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, he's crazy. I'm actually reading his book right now. I'm almost done with it. He's yeah, he's an animal and that's an understatement. And then actually, um, the wired to hunt podcast just from the day is about people not in, in this day and age, not suffering. And so that we don't have that mental toughness that's needed mm. to carry on into everything. And that it just affects everything. Yeah. It and fortifies how, everything, right? Yeah, it really does. And so it, it's funny that we talk about that now, but yeah, if you like, if you like Goggins, uh, check out Chad, Wright Um, on, on Instagram as well. Chad's a freaking animal. Um, I actually, I prefer Chad. Um, nothing against anybody else. I, he's just, he's my dude. When <laughs> he's a, he's an ultra marathoner, like as hard as it gets, like, uh, I think ex special forces mm-hmm. and, uh, dude, like has like an exponential love for Jesus. Like, and just like all of those things combined, this dude's like one of the hardest dudes to walk the earth right now. I think like legit, like if you like Goggins, you're going to love this other dude. So check him out. Chad, Chad Rice, pretty legit. I definitely will have to, you'll be motivated. But it, and it's crazy just to think about like everything that these guys overcome, whether it's Chad Wright or David Goggins and you know, Goggins talks about like the 40% rule, how you only use like 40% of your mental ability and your physical ability. But when you break that barrier in your mind, you can push that so much further than you ever think. Absolutely. And, and it's definitely true. We just don't push ourselves enough, which overflows into hunting. I mean, think about, you know, the guy who's a whitetail hunter sits in a tree stand most of the time. Like that takes a certain level of physical fitness to be able to do that. If you're going in, you know, a mile and, and then hanging a stand in the morning, mm-hmm. but going out West, man, that's just a whole different animal. So yes. how do you specifically work with people like that who have whitetail hunted their whole lives? And then they come in and they're like, Hey, I'm going on an elk hunt, this or elk mule deer, whatever it is Yes, in Colorado. I want to be able to get back. And I want to get in that shape. I mean, that's a different level of fitness. Like it's a whole different platform. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to like the term is strength and conditioning. Right. Um, and I think that's a missed term. That's like a really simple term in the strength in the fitness world that correlates over to hunting and fitness so much. Um, I've hunted with guys. I've elk hunted with guys that are in way better, um, like, they could outrun me every day of the week. I've hunted with a guy that went trained for a marathon all summer long, ran a marathon in, in July and turned around and hunted elk in September with him. And, uh, dude couldn't stay with us on the mountain. Like, and he's in marathon shape, but he, 
he didn't incorporate the strength portion of strength and conditioning. And so they go very much hand in hand and they're both very needed. Um, and there's a reason why really good endurance runners also strength train their muscles still have to be strong and they're not so big, you know, big and strong are two different things. They're not necessarily big, but they're very strong. So strength and conditioning go need to go together. So our lungs have to be in shape, right? We need conditioning. Um, and, and with that though, we also need strength training. We need to be putting our muscles and our bodies under stress with dumbbells, with kettlebells, with barbells. Like we need to be putting our muscles under stress because when we're out, when, when you're going out on that, you know, you're used to sitting in a tree stand and all of a sudden you're putting on miles every day, you're potentially packing out an animal. Um, it's just not, it's not enough to be just strong in the lungs. Like our legs need to be strong. Our core needs to be strong. Like our posterior chain, our hamstrings, our back, all those things need to be freaking strong. Um, and so, so the, the, the whole, I think the weightlifting is missed a lot of times too. A lot of guys just like to get out and run, like I'm going to run trails. I'm going to hit hit out here. It's like, you're going to just hit great bear or whatever it is. I um, mean, all great things. And you will always be better off by just doing that than not doing everything. So right. not discouraging anybody from, if that is your only thing that you're going to be able to do, definitely go do it. Um, but if you can incorporate weight training with it or some sort of metabolic conditioning where you're doing both together, I mean, it's, it's, it's a peak performance. You can do both together and get in the 30 minute workout a day and absolutely crush the mountain. If you're, if your 30 minutes is of, of weights and conditioning together is hard. Like you can crush the mountain in 30 minutes a day, four or five days a week. I mean, absolutely. Um, and then like what we talked about, what that, what that does is when you do those two very hard and you get used to suffering, like that builds a self-discipline, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden when you're out there, you're going to be mentally tougher than the other guys out there. And it takes, I've had the conversation, um, you know, I've had the conversation with guys like, Hey, how do I, try to get a good mule deer. We were like, you've killed a lot of good mule deer. How are you? You know, well, I sit up on the side of, of a wind blown face with, you know, cold wind blowing in my face all day long for set six days straight. You know, it's not fun. It's not comfortable, but that you have to sit on that side of taking the brunt of the weather because the mule deer are coming on the opposite sides and bedding right out of the wind a mile away. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, you can't sit in the, the out of the wind spot because the deer aren't going to be, you're not going to be looking at any deer bedding because they're going to be <laughs> on the inwind spot a mile away. And so, so what, what gets you to, to that point that you're willing to sit for six days in the cold and the wind in mid November, you know what I mean? Like, what is it that gets you to do that? Well, you don't have to be in shape to sit there. I don't, I you know we might be have to get in shape to hike in, but I don't have to be in shape to sit there. But the, what you gain from suffering through physical fitness and self-discipline in, in how we are feeding our bodies, hundred percent plays a role in my mental toughness when I'm sitting there and well, I could just go home and be with my family right now. I could easily just go home, walk back to the truck and go and go back to the tent or the hotel room or whatever it is, wherever you're at, <clears throat> but you're there for a purpose. Like, and it's a very short window of time. You, you took years to draw the tag. I, like, make the most out of those three days, two days, six days, whatever it is. And, and suffer out there on the mountain too. Like, cause you pre suffered training for that moment to suffer again. And what do you think happens with that? Well, a, you're going to put yourself for an opportunity to maybe kill a good deer or a deer, or just be out there to, to, to hunt and be, you're also fortifying more mental strength, right? Cause you're suffering again. So we're suffering into suffering and just creating more mental strength. Like, and it's, it sounds super silly to think like, Oh, I'm suffering on the side of the hill. 
it sounds silly guys, but I guarantee you most of, most of the guys probably listening, including myself, have had a day where you quit because yeah. you were cold and uncomfy and it was way more fun to go get some warm coffee and a hot meal at the diner in town. Like, you know what I mean? When, Hey, you could have been out there for, I don't know how many of these mule deer I've killed because I just was out there longer, sat on the cold and, and paid attention. And f- finally there was a deer right there. You know what I mean? How to yeah. left? I'm not seeing it. So yeah. it comes down to our, our mental strength, man. And that comes down to training. Yeah. It comes down to self-discipline. <laughs> so, yeah. And that, that correlates like for the guy that who say doesn't necessarily want to go out West and hunt mule deer, hunt elk, but they're content just to stay here and hunt whitetail, which I mean, if that's their thing and it makes them happy, absolutely. I totally understand that because it's a ton of fun, but that makes sense because I mean, those full day sits like this past november i set out and that no, that blizzard we had on like november 10th mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. that sucked but yeah you got to be mentally prepared to do that and i froze my butt off so many days but yeah and i mean that goes the same thing is like you still like i think guys who train who sit in a tree stand definitely still have an advantage over guys who don't because it it does suck to sit in a tree stand all day hard yeah. to get excited about sitting all day I mean, it, it, so there's a mental strength and fortitude that goes with that too. Absolutely. The Western hunting, but you still need mental strength and endurance to get through a week of sitting in the cold during the rut in South yeah. Dakota, anywhere, you know, well, so. no matter what type of hunting it is, you're going to suffer <laughs> to some degree. I mean, waterfowl, man, I can't tell you how many days. Well, I also have a pair of leaking waders that are refused to replace. <laughs> so like every duck hunt that I go on, I end up dumping out at one to two gallons of water. And yeah, you need to get that changed. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But it's just, I'm like, well, if I get a little wet and you just got to wait for the numbness to set in, then you're fine for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. And you know, I feel like I was taught, I did the youth waterfall hunt up in pier growing up when I was, you know, 12 and 13. I remember a guy that year telling us, he's like, if you want to become a waterfowl, you better prepare to be wet, cold, miserable all the time. And it's like, (laughs) isn't that the truth? Like it's most of the time with waterfall hunting, I feel like you're cold or or miserable or wet or all of the three, like, yeah, but it's just, it's a fun thing though. It's pretty cool. It's those days that pay off though. I mean, those freezing cold days and that weather sets in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It definitely pays off for sure but uh, so let's let's talk about your tv show a little bit i mean so you got you're doing your personal fitness like tv shows that also called run to gun it is run to gun tv simple as that man um oh. airs on midco sports network um so if you have midco cable it's like north dakota south dakota minnesota wisconsin i think it touches a few other areas um they've grown a lot over since we yeah, started with them um they've done a lot of big sports deals which has grown their their uh, network dramatically. Um, so we, we air with them. Uh, I think it's Sunday mornings at 10 30 and then, uh, Thursday nights, I think it's 10 or 10 30 after a lot of the summit league games. Um, we did air on, uh, on like dish network and things like that for a few years, but, uh, honestly our, our midco sports just outperformed it so well that we decided to just pull back and air on there. Um, but everybody can catch everything on YouTube as well. Um, and so we've started uh, a couple of years ago, we started just like dumping everything onto YouTube and uh, we dump, it's actually even better. I feel like, cause we have a lot, a lot of longer cut films now. So we'll, we'll cut down those films to fit in the 22 minute TV show, right. In your spot, yeah. but we have the longer versions, the full length versions on YouTube. And so even though you're getting, you know, the 22 minutes on Midco, like you could be missing half of that hunt that you could go view and see more of that hunt on YouTube. So I, I, I always feel like the YouTube thing is legit. You're getting all the extra content. Uh, and we have just a ton of other stuff that we, we throw up there all year long. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely the, 
the places you go. And same thing, Run Two Gun is the YouTube channel. So, what can people expect when they go watch your show? I mean, like, what are you trying to express in your TV show? Is it like, you know, you're just showing? Are you showing like the whole entirety of the hunt, whether you're successful or not, or, or what are you trying to represent when you when you air those shows? Absolutely. I mean, I think just realness is probably like if I was going to explain it in one word is, uh, man, I'm not like pulling punches on myself. Like I show my misses like, and I edit it myself and I throw it up and I'm like, well, cool. Like I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because you know, like the people aren't nice. Like there's a lot of people who are not nice. It's the internet. People are tough, right. When they're on a keyboard, yep. like I don't pull punches on myself, man. I am who I am. Um, I, I identify in who I am and who God made me. So I don't worry about that. I, I really want to show, uh, you know, show realness and show myself and how, how I hunt and how I prepare for my hunts, um, who I am mentally, who I am spiritually on, on my show, um, and, and live that out. And that helps me, uh, with, with a very large accountability for myself, because when you put yourself out there at a level like that, um, if you're not who you are in real life compared to who you are in your social media, on your YouTube, you're going to get exposed. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get exposed really fast. Um, and so I do train myself. I I take pride in that. And I I do train myself to really be who I am in that. And it, it can be a challenge sometimes because, um, we all deal with insecurities. You know, we all deal with putting ourselves out there like that. Um, and I had to learn it, you know, you go back and watch season one. I mean, it's, I'd laugh at myself, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what I was doing yet. Like I was trying to look like other TV shows. Um, so we did like the post cut interviews. We did all of that. And I was just like, this isn't what I like envisioned, but I don't, I, I have a different vision, but I don't know how to execute on it. And so we had to learn and, and figure that out and just figure and learn that, you know, I don't want a clean, this clean cut, like beautiful, like, like high end, I, I'm not even high end is in the wrong term, but just like this beautiful cut show. Like I want it to be kind of dirty in the sense of like, this is what it is. Like, this is like, you can accomplish this as well. Um, I think of it like a can of Red Bull, like it, this sounds really silly, but I hope I can <laughs> tie a bow on it. So you watch a Red Bull commercial, right? And like, everybody's like skydiving, doing backflips on motocross motorcycles, like in, in extreme sports, right? None of us do those things. Very few of us yeah. do those things, but we still go buy a Red Bull because it's aspirational, right? You feel like you don't really realize it, but like you feel good. Like, this is cool. Like I have no reason to buy this drink because I don't do what the people who drink this stuff do. Like I don't do backflips on my motorcycle. You know what I mean? I'm not jumping out of off of cliffs, like I'm not doing those things, but I, you know what I mean? It's an aspirational feeling when you, when you do that. And so I wanted that same feeling with my TV show, with my supplements to, to empower other, other guys. And, and, and I say men and women, but I'm really, and I'm not ashamed to say like really men specific because I just feel like like pulling men out of their comfort zones really causes deep change in families and relationships and marriages in communities, which is just going to cause massive change within our, within our communities, within our States and within our country. You know what I mean? And so I feel like if a little bit of what I can do by being myself and I, and, and letting people know, like, and being proud of like, Hey, this is who God made me. And I'm training to be the ultimate version of what God wants me to do. And in his calling for me and, and take having the courage to step into that and not be afraid to talk about that, um, that, that it'll pull other men too to be like, man, I've been having that same feeling for a long time, but I didn't really have that courage to do it. But like, I can reach out and I can literally like you DM me out to be on this podcast. Like it's as easy as that for men to DM me and I get those DMs. And so I want to be that business and that guy that, that 
is real and that it's, it's touchable. It's not something that's going to be missed. You know what I mean? And that I can yeah. walk along and beside other people, you know what I mean? On their journey too, and, and encourage that. And that's, I think the one word with that, is just like encourage it because that's what we all need. Sometimes we just need another dude to put our hand on our shoulder and be like, dude, you got this man. Like you're doing it. Like you got it, stick with it. And, and that's what we need. And that's what, that's the goal a little bit with that. Yeah. And just, that's an awesome vision. I mean, because we, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you watch the news these days, it's really easy to get discouraged and yes. Yeah. But it's easy it's, to compare actually what we do, man. It's easy to compare ourselves with people who've already been doing it for two years or for mm-hmm. 10 years, but dude, they got started somewhere too. And it doesn't matter if their journey was hard or easy. It's not our journey. It's not ours to look at. It's not ours to compare ourselves at. We, we all have our, our own individual journey. We're one of one man. Like we are individualized fingerprints. And so we have to remember that, that, that what we are going through, like is very catered and specialized to us. And we need, instead of being discouraged by that, we need to be really encouraged by that. Like this was made for me. This was, this divine path was for me. And so I need to like take up my cross and be really pumped and rise to that challenge and be a warrior through it to grow myself. You know what I mean? And, and, And it's just awesome when we just flip that perspective a little bit and be very proud of where we're at in the journey that we're facing that's specific to us. Our, 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 our action steps when we wake up every day can definitely change uh, with, with that perspective change in our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of playing the victim, like it's so common today. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that Absolutely. could be a whole podcast in and of itself. <laughs> Dude, ours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about, so let's just get into your hunting yeah. all together. So you started, you grew up with an awesome family hunter, sounds like. And, uh, which is, you know, most common, I would say probably, you know, I don't know, this is a shot in the dark, but 90 or 95% of people that hunt probably grew up with it. I think so too. I think yeah. it is, it's a high number. It's gotta be a high number. It's gotta be. Um, yeah. and so that's awesome that you were able to, uh, grow up in that. And so did that catch on really quick? I mean, did you just take to it like a fish to water? Absolutely, man. Cause my dad was going out and my dad uh-huh. was doing archery, like when archery wasn't that popular either, you know, like the old yep. Fred bow bows with like no cams, like the tiny, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. like he, and that's the bow I got started on because it was just hand me down, you know? So I always like, when I wasn't going hunting yet, I was waiting at my doorstep for my dad to get home from his hunt. And that, you know what I mean? And to like see a goose that he shot or, a de- or whatever it was. And then, you know, it got to be where he was taking me along uh, on an antelope hunt or something. And, uh, I remember we went to Manitoba when I was really little. He shot a black bear with his bow. That was awesome. Um, and so just like those tag along things. And then I, and, and being in South Dakota, obviously I had so many opportunities. And so we were going up and, and we were, you know, we were waterfall hunting. We would go out and hit up a, a, a small piece of public land after school quick and shoot a grouse or two, you know what I mean? Or shoot a pheasant. So like, it was just very natural for me. Like absolutely loved it. Um, was a terrible shot. Always a terrible <laughs> shot. Probably still am. So, so uh, that part, yeah, but, <laughs> the, but I absolutely loved it, man. Like it, it was very easy for me, but it was one of those things like my dad knew it was important for us to be out and like, and, and, and they're just, I think the time spent that he wanted to spend with me and my brother doing that was, was key for us. You know what I mean? So it, it was very natural. Um, but I feel like dude, as, as men, like that's a natural place for us to be like, we're supposed to be in the outdoors. Like we're supposed to be hunting. We're supposed to be providing, um, that's in our DNA. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think I really do think that. So, awesome. so then it just kind of was like a natural flow over that 
you got your personal training and started this. It, it was dude. Yeah. It was just like, it was just, yeah. Divine path, obviously yeah. like through, through all that on how it all happened. Um, but yeah, the hunting is just awesome, dude. Like how it starts with just with, uh, you know, more waterfowl shooting rabbits, stuff like that. And then getting into now it's, it's mainly big game hunting, you know, it's mule deer elk. Those are the things that I love to do the most, mm-hmm. um, and have the opportunity to do that. So it's just, and it's cool how you grow up. Like you start doing more of the Western hunting, you start backpacking and you start doing all those things. Like I wasn't doing that when I was younger, I was doing the normal, what we did. Like you walk around during deer season and try to put a stock on a deer. You would sit in, like I had a lot of years where I did love whitetail hunting from a tree. Like that was, it was, I loved it. Like I loved putting in a food plot. I did that when I was in late high school or in college. Like it was a mm-hmm. fun thing for me. Um, and then I just realized that I have way too much ADD to sit in a tree stand for very long <laughs> and, uh, I need to go and I'd find myself climbing out of the tree all the time because I'd see some mule deer or, or whatever, walking up on a side hill mile and a half away. And I just go put a stock on them. And so you, you find what you enjoy, you know what I mean? And you find like the, the spit, you know, the hunt, we think of hunting right here. Well, then we, you narrow it down to all the other things in hunting, whether it be fishing or waterfowl or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we just, we, we, you start narrowing it down and I'll do all of it. I love all of it, but I really love some of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really love mule deer hunting. Like, yeah. I don't care if it's a bow or a rifle. Like I want as many of those tags as I can get. So I'm not going to discriminate. <laughs> like people are like, Oh, what do you do? Bow or rifle? And I'm like, give me bull. Like, cause guess yep. what? By the time rifle season rolls around, I'm sick and tired of my bow. And I want to put that thing. <laughs> away. Like, you know, so I want, I want as many tags as I can get for the opportunity to be out there longer. Because if I only did one, that means I'm only going to get to hunt so much. And if I feel that tag, I'm finished. So yep. like, give me both. I want as much opportunity to be outside enjoying, you know, enjoying the outdoors as I can get. So, so mule deer hunting is like your niche. Like that's your thing that you would it's own. definitely my thing. man. like, I have, I, I have a passion for mule deer and I can't tell you why it just, you fell into it. Um, the challenge of it, it was a big monkey on my back for a lot of years. I don't know what it was. I had bad juju with a bow or something, but I missed shot. I missed shot after shot. This one right uh, right there, the high one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually missed that deer uh, a couple years in a row. Uh, two different times I shot over his back on public land. Um, a couple different times I never thought I'd see him again. And I, the third year, I was like, I'm, I, I give up. I actually got a new bow and... Uh, Cause I was like, I'm done with this bow. I got to be the bow, right? <laughs> like, <it's> the bow's <laughs> fault. Always find so something to blame. I, I got a new bow set up, and man, I don't know. I was just like starting fresh, and I, I practiced way more than that summer. I did like it's one of those things I shot every single day. Um, and uh, I went down with that, and actually went to New Mexico, and they can't really see that bull, but this bull, I shot this bull on like the September 14th. Um, I practiced, and I was like, got really efficient with that bow. I was shooting 100 yards all summer long, and uh, so I could be very efficient at 40. You know what I mean? So yep. I was practicing all of that got really efficient at like 90 and hundred. So I could be efficient at 40 and 50 and ended up killing that bull at like 10 steps. <laughs> so, uh, I came back to South Dakota and, uh, and I went out hunting and I told my brother who films all my stuff for me. And I'm like, well, I hope we see that mule deer again. I've missed the last two years. Like there's no way we're gonna though. And I pulled up my glass and I see this big frame mule deer working. And it was in a little different spot, probably a mile away or in a yeah. different spot. And I, Lo and behold, it's this guy again. Can't believe he's still alive. And uh, put a stock, waited for him to bed up, put a stock on him, got 48 yards, sat there for a few hours over him. And I finally stood and drilled him at the 48. He took like one step and and tipped over. And it was just kind of like that actually killing that deer was like a cooler moment than killing that yeah. elk the week before. 
um, because it was just such this like years after years of like missing shots and like not getting stocks done. And I just felt like the work finally came in, like the monkeys off the back and I felt so good. And ever since then, it's just been, it's been like knock on wood uh, ever since then. It's just been like, I feel like I got a system now. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's just one of those things. Like, it's just like anything, like we have to practice, like we have to get in our reps um, in order to become more efficient. And so, yeah, mule deer, man. I just, I love, I love being able to like hike in cause you can still get in the hike. You can still, you know, get up on these points and glass and uh, watch deer um, and, and, and like what I always tell people like mule deer, it's, uh, you know, I can find deer. I want to shoot, you know, on a lot of days, but it doesn't mean I get to go stock them because they'll bet up in these spots that they're not, I call them like unkillable spots. Like why waste the stock? Why blow the deer out of there? If they're in a spot that you can't get within killing range anyway. And so a lot of times like, uh, this one right here, the, my velvet one that's right there. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, like I saw them like, for example, like day before, like we let them totally be, um, the next day came in there again and uh he did bet up in a spot that was like oh yeah this deer's like he doesn't know he's 45 minutes from being dead you know what i mean like he was yeah. in that much of a spot so I, that's the cool thing i love about mule deer hunting it's kind of like chess where it's it's uh you got to wait for them to make the wrong move and then you got to make the right move and so it's cool it's like it's a back and forth thing where your patience plays into their mistakes or what they're doing and and uh i love that piece of it and then you still got to make the right move you got to test your skills of getting in close um, not bumping them out. And then uh, sometimes just out waiting them to stand. Um, not let, you know, hopefully the wind doesn't mess it up. There's just so many cool variables with that, that I, I really enjoy the, the chess game with mule deer. So how long did that uh, take you to learn that lesson of just waiting till they get to a killable spot? Yeah. Um, I think this one was three or four years ago. So I think it was that, yeah, about three or four years ago when that really finally started to click and the, just the patience I probably started getting a little bit of that old man patience. I started, I got my late twenties. So <laughs> yep. I started to get a little bit of that late twenties, old man. I got sick and tired of doing stocks and not killing stuff. And I remember going in on him and the whole time, like I actually, we hiked it on this, you know, we crawled in this like little knob and I thought he was like in this cut, there's like a V and it was cut. And I crawled over here and uh, I could see the buck he was with better right there. And I figured he was behind him kind of off the tip and I was going to continue going. And I was like, dude, no, like you're already in here so close. And I just had to tell myself like, dude, be patient, slow, slow, slow. And I backed out, went all the way back around that other side of the V and then, yeah, he's right there at 48 bedded down. And then it's just like, you know, you want to just like stand and shoot him or then you sit there for like 15 minutes and your mind starts playing the game. Like, should I just throw a rock to get him to stand? Like, should I throw a rock over the top of him and get him to stand? Which it, it can work, but there's, you know, and it's finally I'm like, no, like, organically let him I, i'm he's already i'm already here i'm within killing range like just wait for him to stand he doesn't know you're here you're gonna have all the time in the world to shoot and finally it was one of those things i think we were there for an hour and a half and every every few minutes i would just like put my glass in my eyes and then raise up slightly just to see if i could see the tips of the horn and i saw that his head was like turned in opposite direction it was over here so i knew he was standing so what i assume happened is it's just like a little bit of my wind drifted down in there just caused him enough to stand and i just like stayed low May have woke my brother up who was sleeping with the video camera <laughs> and, you know, drew back low, you know, popped up and absolutely smashed him. You know what I mean? Like, and so it was just purely a game of patience with Mueller. So another area for us to grow, I'm a very impatient person. So it makes me uh, grow in patience too. So I, <laughs> I, it's good for me. It's like the chess game, the thought process, and then, uh, and then just working on patience has been, it's been good. So yeah. That's awesome. So then how did you get into hunting elk? I mean, is that something you do every year or you at least try to do every year? 
Oh yeah, dude. It's not an option. It's worth it. It's not even a try. <laughs> I ain't trying to hunt every year, man. I'm hunting every year <laughs> for sure. Um, so obviously, yeah, the South Dakota things, you know, we're, we're doing the archery thing in South Dakota. It's a great thing here. Um, so we know we're getting that tag. Um, and then, uh, you know, just, just whatever system it is that, I, you know, any of us are doing right now with the current draw system with the rifle tag, however, we're, you know, navigating that system to try to get a tag or two every year, depending on, on, on our options. Um, and then I apply for most Western states. So I know South Dakota is not going to be enough for my dreams, ambitions, and goals of what I want to accomplish as a hunter and outdoorsman and adventurist. Um, so I apply for, you know, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, um, Idaho, you know, I, I'm putting in for those states. Uh, so hope with the hopes of drawing a tag or two every single year, depending on, on the, the quality of the type of hunt I'm wanting to, to do. And that's everything from antelope, mule deer. Uh, the main ones, I guess, would be antelope, mule deer, elk, bighorn sheep, mountain goat, uh, for all of those states, um, would be the, the main things. So, yeah, no, I can totally agree with that, yeah. but I'm kind of newer to playing that game. So I'm still navigating. I kind of screwed up this year a couple of times, but it's confusing, man. It really it's a is. lot, man. Like it, it really is a lot of information. Um, and then there's like, you're, when you're navigating, like, okay, what States are, if you're getting in now, is it worth for me even to get in? Like, am I just chasing point creep? And there is States yep. like that where it's not worth spending the 180 bucks a year, you know, to buy the tag and try to try to get into it at this point. You know what I mean? Like a couple of States I've debated on just dropping, you know what I mean? Like you just, yeah is it worth a couple hundred bucks every single year? Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 that's a challenge, man. So learning that, but it's definitely learnable. Um, and there's resources out there for us, obviously to learn it, which is awesome. So, um, and then obviously we have some of the States that are, that are easier, like New Mexico, where you never have to worry about points. Yeah, you know I mean? You're never behind. All you got to do is apply and you're out the license fee and you get all your money back when you don't draw. Yep. So, and then I mean, there are uh, states like that, Idaho, same thing. No, you know, you're not dealing with points. So at least you can put in like easier states. If you're at least if you're new to the ball game, you can get in on those states and not have to stress so much. Yeah. And then you can give yourself some opportunity to learn maybe, you know, some other states you can acquire some points in. And like dude, like Colorado, for example, this is a great example for guys who like elk hunt. I'm not a big fan of the OTC elk hunts in Colorado. Like I don't want to go hunt an over-the-counter unit in Colorado. I think it's just way too much competition of people, but there's units out there that take no points or one point and you can draw and there's limited tags and hunters in those units. Um, and, and I think you can have a much better experience because of that. And it literally took no points. It's still a limited draw, but there's usually not as many people as there are tags every year. Um, and mm -hmm. there's always leftover draw uh, in Colorado typically too, that you can score an elk, elk tag that are still limited units. So you're not having this unlimited influx of guys who want to just go hunt an OTC hunt because it's labeled OTC. Um, and so I just, I'm, for me, I'm like, if I'm going to go pick up some Colorado, like I'm going to buy a point or two and then go to a, at least a limited hunt that isn't just like unlimited amount of tags. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just my theory on that. Um, everybody has their own, what they like to do. You know what I mean? But I just think there's some, you know, there's some decent opportunities out there for, for that. So, yeah, yeah. they are. I mean, well, I don't know how long those over-the-counter hunts are going to last, though, because the number of hunters on the rise. It's I've been reading some reports, and it's like, holy crap, man! Yeah, those those days are probably few and far between. I think you're right, and then uh, when you're when you're looking at maybe the introduction of wolves in Colorado now too, it's yeah. probably going to wreak havoc. And uh, yeah, I, I would guess that's going to be long gone in a short amount of time. But yeah, well, yeah. So. so enjoy while you can, but just get out yep. there. Yep. <laughs> Number exactly. one thing, just get out there. Mm -hmm. 
awesome. Enjoy it, man. That's for sure. Yeah. So this, the secret supplement deal that you're running now. Yeah. Like, like uh, what you have mostly just like pre-workouts, amino acids. How does that play into, I mean, does that stuff you run when you go on, on those back country hunts or. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, plan? Yeah. So uh, like our original product seeker, I developed to have, uh, you know, it's, a, it's in a, like a four ounce bottle. So I have 30 servings packed into this four ounce bottle that can slide in like the side pouch of your bag. And so instead of like, I love single serve packets, but for me, like my biggest stress is I, I'll go out with like, and I'll pack, you know, six single serve packets for a six day. Well, I have a day that a buddy bums one off of me. And then I have a day where I have two and all of a sudden I only pack six for my six day hunt and I'm three, two and a half days in and I'm out. And so I developed the, the, our seeker, which is our mental focus, hydration and energy blend supplement. So you're getting in the electrolytes, you're getting the nootropics for brain food. Um, I, I developed that to be, you can take all 30 servings with you all the time, only have, you know, this four ounce can and you have 30 servings for your hunt right there. Or if you want to have two, you could put, I mean, you can fit more servings in it. Obviously if you had more than one container, you could put it all into one, one can. Um, and not to worry about, you don't have to ration. Like if you need more, if you need, if you're cramping up and you need more electrolytes and you need it, you can put a double scoop in your, your water bottle and not be like, crap. Now I know I don't have any for day six. And so I made it that way. So you could share with your buddies. You don't have to worry about running out. I mean, you can pack along in a lot of it. So I don't know if a lot of people haven't told that to a lot of people. Um, but that's like one of our our actually strategic moves with how we develop that product Mm -hmm. um, or for the hunter in mind. Um, and so high-end electrolytes, most, most like, uh, sports drinks only have two electrolytes. We put all, all five in there. And so a, a much better blend of electrolytes, um, have, have three flavors of that. We're actually out of stock on one right now, but I have a new one called Bighorn Blast coming here. Uh, it should, it shipped yesterday. So it should be here next week. So I'm really excited about Bighorn Blast. It's really good. You guys, um, and then, uh, yeah, like the amino acids that we didn't like come out with like a small container for that, but, um, most like a lot of amino acid drinks are really low on their actual amino acid profile. And so if you can pair labels um, of the amount of amino acids and the ratios we put into it to other products, you're going to be blown away. Like it's a really good product. Um, and it's not just like, if you know what BCAs are branched chain amino acids, a lot of amino acid products just have that. We actually have uh, those. And then we have the full blend of other essential amino acids in there as well, as well as a couple grams of glutamine for more recovery, gut health. Um, and so like we, we dude, I put a lot of thought on this stuff and development with this because we want good products. We want people to have good products. Like our protein, I make like no money on our protein because I choose to source my protein from USA cows that are grass fed. It's expensive. Like it's expensive to get a hold of that. I could easily buy an overseas Chinese protein for cheap, but like I don't want that. I don't want my family to have that. And I don't want to drink it. So I'm not going to make it and I'm not going to sell it. And so I, I buy a, a high end, high absorbing, high quality protein from USA grass fed cows. And then I have my products made in the USA. I lose margin on it every time I say the word USA, but it's just, you know, a standard that we wanted to do. Um, so our protein, very high quality isolate, high absorption. It's a cold filtration. So like it, it's just, it's not denatured. It's just really good. Um, we just launched a fruity a cereal flavor of that. Oh, yeah. It's is really good. If you're a cereal person, it's solid. Um, then we have a hot cocoa with marshmallow flavor. And then we have like a bomb pop, like the old, uh, oh, yep. pops, pops you eat. We have a, a, that flavor as well. Um, so yeah, just like, you know, we're just having a lot of fun with it, man. Uh, have a, 
have a, a drinkable multivitamin. That's like stellar good combination of, of what you need with your vitamins and minerals. Um, and I made that specifically to, um, it's orange citrus. Dude, I, I got so sick of taking multivitamins with a pill. Like I'm not, I'm not taking them. Like everybody buys them and they sit half empty in their medicine cabinet. You know, they don't even use them. So like, how can, how can you optimize your health and have fun with it? Like we should, our supplements should be fun and they should taste really good and they should mix really well. And so those are like the three things that I really want to accomplish is I want my labels to be fun. You have my, I, I collect sp- sports cards growing up. And so I, I like, I want my labels to be like sports cards where it's like you grab them and it's different than the other ones. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. we don't always follow a suit with everything. We like to just customize, make them fun, uh, make them bright. Um, and that's really what we've been working on uh, the whole time, you know, is just make them different and make everything stand out, collect them, um, have Easter eggs on a lot of them that little special messages on a lot of them that are cool that I don't know if a lot of people see or not. I think a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. So that's pretty cool when you're getting a hold of those. Uh, and then they just taste really good. They mix really well. You throw them with ice water and it's like, it's key, man. They're, they're awesome. So we, we've put a lot of work into it, man. We're really proud of what we've accomplished in the last 20 months. Yeah, that's really cool. But I have to ask, so this idea for these, these high-performance electrolytes, is there like a horror story that goes back to when you were backpacking and you were like super depleted <laughs> or, or did this just come about because you knew it was an issue that needed to be addressed? <laughs> Thankfully, not for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been in some rough shape packing out a couple. Uh, I've been on a couple rough pack outs. Um, I've never been like so depleted where I was like cramping up or anything. But I do. I have stories of other guys who have been in such rough shape where they're like in fetal position puking uh, because they're so like stomachs are so cramped up and they're so just like depleted. Um, luckily enough, I, I haven't gone through that. I've always been blessed enough to, to be able to fuel my body to continue on. But man, I tell you what, my first, my first elk pack out, I mean, I was like, what am I doing right now? This is awful. Um, it was hard, man. And every, every elk pack out typically is pretty hard, but, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, 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 it's a difficult time that is like very enjoyable when, you know, like right. you start thinking how many other people are enjoying this type of like this little bit of suffering. Like if it's not miserable, it's not memorable. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you got to have a little misery for, for some memory. So that's, that's no, I one. haven't, I haven't been so like cramped up. So, I mean, I've been back to the truck after a long day and I can feel it in my hamstrings. Like, yeah, you're dehydrated, man. But yeah, thankfully not a horror story. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. So just, just out of no. curiosity, when, when was your first elk that you got? Um, so this one, actually the one that's just like the, the skull cap right here back yep. behind me. Is yep. my first bull elk that I shot. Um, I did shoot a cow elk out in the hills, the Black Hills, when I was in high school. Um, this bull elk I shot in New Mexico with my bow at about 20 yards. That's that's the first episode we ever filmed. Really? So season one, episode one, and episode two. You can check those out, and you can laugh. You can laugh at the production of those, but <laughs> but uh, it was fun, dude. We were new, and we were we were loving life and just doing what we were supposed to do. So yeah, I killed that bull about 20, 25 yards. And he took arrows like a champ. I shot him once and he stood there and I shot him twice and he just spun around. I shot him a third time, <laughs> Jeez. Like just throw, smashing him with arrows, man. So I didn't, uh, we, we were back in really far. Uh, and that was down in New Mexico and, uh, a couple, a couple mountains in, and, uh, he was back there about 400 yards for some, from, from some private. And so every time I put an arrow through him and he wasn't down, I was like, I don't want him getting back in there. So, so yeah, that, and I shot him in the evening. And so that was a very long night out and a very oh, long sure. pack out out. And it was rough, um, but it was awesome. And then 
Uh, I have a second bull that I shot out, out in the Black Hills. I drew my rifle tag um, a couple years after this one. Uh, he's actually upstairs, kind of in my entryway. Um, and then I shot this bull a couple years ago with my uh, with my bow uh, down in New Mexico. Same unit as that one, actually. Um, so yeah, I have uh, yeah three three bulls, I believe three bulls. Two nice. two uh, two with my bow, one with one with my rifle. So That's no, awesome. lied. I got another bull over here too. Sorry, four bulls. I shot another <laughs> bull with my bow last year with uh or the year before last year with my bow in the same New Mexico unit. So I've shot. I've shot three bulls down in New Mexico with my bow, one bull with my rifle in South Dakota. So four bulls total. Jeez. Talk about New Mexico. It's your Dude, bread and butter, I guess. Legit, <laughs> man. And now I can't draw it. I can't draw. I haven't drawn anything down there in two years now. I'm like all bummed out. I didn't draw last year. I didn't draw oh, this shoot. year. I, I applied for everything down there and I struck out the last two years. So I, I, but I can't complain because I've drawn three bull tags down there. Yeah. And, that's uh, pretty impressive. Odds are not to do that. So I'm yeah. expecting a little bit of a, uh, a dry spell now so i just like, yeah i'm sure there will be fun about it because everybody makes fun of me because i draw so many new mexico tags and now i've struck out a couple years in a row so i probably just <laughs> i mean equal the playing field do you know if you're going on an elk hunt this year or not or so, do you know uh, yet which I, unit i guess yeah I, I haven't drawn anything yet um i i have a buddy that's probably drew uh, my dad killed his bull out in the hills last year he killed a really awesome. nice bull he drew his rifle tag um, he's one of the top po- point holders for Custer State Park. I mean, he's got like 38 points or something like Jeez. that, 37 points. <laughs> That's crazy. But the, here's the thing. You run the stats on that, and it's like your odds aren't hardly any better than somebody with like five points. Like there's just so many applications in there. So, I mean, I, yeah, I'd love to say I'd love to hope he draws, but it's still like, you know, you're you're a .004 chance of a of drawing that tag. Um so my, uh, I actually put in, my mom wanted to try to go out. And so I actually put in for her for a cow tag. Um, she has no point. She's never applied or anything. So uh, I'm hoping that she can maybe get lucky. And there, I know some of those units, you can pull a cow tag with no points. Yep. She doesn't care. She's never going to go save 20 years of points and go into bull. And so, yeah, I'm hoping she draws a cow tag. At least she and I can take her out and shoot, have her shoot a cow. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping my wife or my brother gets lucky this year and pulls up. <laughs> at this point, I haven't drawn anything. Um, I do have an opportunity at a um a unit wide landowner tag that uh, my buddy picked up down in New Mexico. And that same unit is this. I, I need to decide this week if I'm gonna buy it or not. I don't know if I want to buy it or not. Um it'd be a fu- it'd be a fun deal. It'd be more to, more to promote. He's uh he acquired the the land how that works on there. If you're a guide, you can, you know, if you're have so, so much land, you get uh you get landowner tags that they can sell down there, but mm-hmm. the, some of the tags are for just that piece of property only. And some of the tags are their landowner tag, but you can use them anywhere on, oh, okay. you can still hunt public land, which all the good bulls are on. A lot of those good bulls are on public, you know? Um, and so he has this smaller ranch that he's, it's a little bit smaller of a ranch where he's struggling to sell some of the, the hunts on it. And so, but it's a great ranch because it's got like this awesome water. It's only water in the whole area and all these bulls. Oh, wow. And his wife killed like a stellar bull down in there last year. And so he's like, dude, I need to film this so I can like show people like what the hunt is and like how, you know, how it can serve different types of people, whether if you're a handicapped hunter or you just want something where you like sit water, um, how to, how you can serve different people with this hunt. And so he, he asked me if I wanted to come down and archery hunt and sit over a water hole with him and, and film it and shoot a bull. So I'm debating on it, on it. Obviously it doesn't really feed my adventure side of what yeah. I like to do is hunting. I'm not huge on that. Um, cause I just, I'm young, dude. I want to go, I want to go pound the mountains a little bit, you know? So, but at the same time, I'm like, I didn't draw anything. I'm like, do I spend a little bit of money and go out down there and try to shoot a bull anyway and have fun? Like, it's still fun. And I get to see my, one of my best friends 
And so that, and that's part of hunting too. You know what I mean? It doesn't always have to be the roughest backcountry hunt to prove you're a big manly man. Like sometimes you just need to go hang out with a buddy, enjoy a few days and, uh, and try to shoot something with a buddy. So I might do it here, but other than that, man, I'm just hope waiting for more tag draws to come out and hoping we draw. How about you? Are you, uh, was you got any plans this year? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, obviously going to do East West river archery and, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I have not done our antelope and I've got, I'm going to do try archery more just for experience spot and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm really actually pretty new to the archery yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, this will be my second year with that actually. And, uh, and then I've got two preference points for rifle antelope. Sweet. So I should draw that. Hopefully. I don't know. It, there was a lot of point creep last year. So there was, it really climbed up last yeah. year, but I think with two, man, you're going to be sitting pretty good in most in most units spending what you apply for yeah so. i'm hoping so my buddy you. also has a wedding opening day of rifle antelope and i'm a little little salty but I well, guess that's his problem man you. go, go I, know. I know <laughs> yeah, who I'm plans just... a wedding for the first of october that's exactly what i said <laughs> get out of here <laughs> <laughs> but then uh so i put in throughout the west a little bit um Good. but there is a tag in utah i think i should be able to get it's uh, first come first serve tag okay um so fingers crossed it doesn't sell out in like two minutes but we'll see how it yeah, goes and yeah, that'll no, be for yeah. elk um and then i actually found out utah has some awesome well they have obviously have great mule there and so mm-hmm. there's a few units several units that you can draw with like one to two points yes so i got my first point this year and next year hopefully i'm hoping to do that but yeah they their general season uh some yeah. of the general season stuff like yeah a couple points for non-residents in some areas like great opportunity i think i have like three or four and i just I should have used one up and did something. I'm not drawing anything this year. I wish I would have put in instead of just getting a point for that. Yeah. Um, I put in for the the limited draw, hoping I draw something there instead, but did not. But yeah, dude, like I think uh, I hope you I hope you draw that before me, and then I can pick your brain on it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because um, yeah, there's I think there's some cool opportunity in that for for guys to go hit the mountain in Utah. You don't get much get much more beautiful than Utah, man. Yeah, it's some high country, beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm stoked and it's just going to be fun to get out there, but, uh, I'm really stoked to, uh, do West river archery again this year. I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time and do several scouting trips out there and just see what, what I can find. And for uh, you, man, that's awesome. That's what it's all about. Go explore some new country. Absolutely. And then get, you know, get my gear uh, in shape for going out West because it's, it's going to need some work, but test run it. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a new seek outside pack. Jealous. If you heard of Seek Outside. Oh yeah, dude. I'm I'm gonna buy one of their TP tents this year, actually. Oh yeah. I yeah. drew uh I drew a Montana General Mule Deer tag oh, sweet. Uh, last month. Um and so I, I have like a, a single man tent that I use for some of my backpack hunts, but uh I always use that in the earlier season, like September, October, where I don't have to worry about warmth so much. And I'm gonna be doing this uh Montana hunt in November is my plan, and I'm Ooh. like I'm gonna need a stove. Yeah, <laughs> so I, think gonna, I think I might buy one of their their tents with their stove system. It's kind of what I'm planning on, which is going to take a little bit of saving up because they're not cheap. But, yeah, they're not cheap. But they're sweet, and I think they serve a good purpose for what this hunt would be. And I need a buddy or two to go in and all together, and we just share it or something because they're they're pricey, man. Like, Yeah, they are. But, I mean, it's worth it. It's high-quality stuff. Like, that yeah. pack I am so impressed with. Is it pretty rad? I haven't seen their – I haven't ever put on, like, one of their packs. Do you like it quite a bit? Yeah, I do. I've um, put some weight in it and just, like, my sleeping bag and, and just mm-hmm. some other gear. And it was maybe, I think it was 25 pounds. Nice. It feels great. Their system is fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. I haven't looked at their packs yet, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It's the Lanner 5400 is the one I got. 
that's a nice size too. Like that's yeah. not, it's not monstrous, but it's not, uh, it's not dinky either. Like you could go hit four days. Easy. You could probably do it. Like you could go hit three, four or five days if you want to pack really skimp um, with that. So that's yeah. awesome. And there's some extra pockets on the outside that add about a thousand on that. Oh, wow, dude. Oh, yeah. you could crush it then. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I've already, I've put most of my gears like, man, I got plenty of room for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's cool. Be great. Man. That's cool. So I'm yeah, super excited about that. Um, but random question. Yeah. Have you ever gone to Alaska or do you want to go to Alaska? Yeah, both. Uh, I have gone. I've gone <laughs> you have gone? Uh, I went a few years ago. Uh, it's already been like five, four years ago um, with my brother, uh, my co-host, Matt, and, uh, and then my one of my, my best friends, uh, Justin, down in New Mexico and his dad. We, we, uh, we flew in to Ketchikan and then caught a float plane flight to Prince of Wales, and we hunted uh, Sitka Blacktail on Prince oh, of Wales cool. for a week. Um, that was awesome, dude. Like, amazing experience. Um, highly suggest it. Like we should get a group of South Dakota guys up together and do that. It's pretty inexpensive to tell you the truth. Yeah. You can um, sign me up. That'd be really, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, obviously I want to go back. I want to go back and do that one again. I didn't kill a deer on that trip. So I want to go back and just do that anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, uh, I really want to hunt like top of my list bucket list hunt is I want to shoot a doll sheep up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, absolutely. Love to do that someday. Um, save up to do that. Um, I, I'd love to go, and I, I need to put in for the Kodiak uh, um, uh, mountain goat hunt at some point too. I just haven't 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 had the time to do it. I knew I wouldn't have time to do it, but I need to I need to put in for that and just save up and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Definitely want to definitely want to go experience more of Alaska. And once you do it once, man, you're like, oh, no, I want to go back. So, yeah. Uh, the, the caribou hunt is, is the one I think I, I just really want to do. That too. That's on top of my list for that, sure. I'm hoping too. sometime in the next five years it's going to happen. There you go. Just, that's that's my goal, man. Oh, pro absolutely. Tip for everybody, pro tip for everybody that wants to go to Alaska and save a little bit of money, go apply for an Alaska credit card and get so you get the new deal and you get like you know they they typically always have like a flight miles incentive so you spend like three grand on it in the first three months so pay your bills on it get the flight miles for free and then you're getting you're you're getting like that's what i did and i got my flight i paid for all my flight and so that's awesome that's a great flight miles from that and yeah exactly um paid for my flight and then they have a, a one once a year they have like a companion fee for 122 bucks so like one guy could get it earn the flight miles pay for his flight and then his buddy could use that companion fee for 122 bucks and your two guys are basically flying for the cost of 122 dollars that's awesome that's it's, really good dude, like I'm yeah little, little things like that like guy because that's the thing like guys like us like i mean usually it's money that's a problem with these things yep. you know what i mean like it's like we have like big adventures have big price tags like yep. a lot of the big it's just the way it is and so how do we how can we make things attainable for us like little things like that man where you're saving a thousand bucks on flights perfect like it just takes a little bit of hacking the system right so yep there you go absolutely i i like that i'm gonna use it do it well man i think we're gonna we're coming up on quite a bit of time here i, I can't believe we've been rocking for over an hour i think oh yeah we have i didn't realize that <laughs> <That's> awesome <laughs> doesn't surprise me but yeah. hey if people want to check out more about what you're about and and get a hold of you how can they do that most definitely. So all my social medias, Facebook, Instagram, um, all of those are just run to gun. R U N the number two G U N. 
Um, so check us out there. We have a ton of content that we're always throwing out. Um, we have a podcast as well called the Live Beyond Average Podcast. Um, has, that's a lot of life stuff. Uh, we do have hunting stuff in there as well. It's kind of a combination of everything. Um, so you can check us out there. Um, and then uh, trying to think where else, what else we're doing. I mean, that's kind of the big thing. Our secret, secret supplement page on Instagram. You can go, go check us out there as well. Um, but yeah, run to gun on anything. Basically, you're going to find, you're going to run into us on Facebook, Instagram. So awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, for those Absolutely. Go check him out. He's uh, yeah. obviously a very passionate guy. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you, CJ, man. Out. I'm glad we got to connect today. Yeah, me too, man. We'll hope to do it again here soon. Most definitely. We'll see you later. All right. Thanks, man. And that is a wrap, folks. Once again, thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it. Go over, check out Run to Gun on social and YouTube, subscribe to their channel, watch their TV show. One last thing before you go, though, I challenge all of you, go get out there, make yourself uncomfortable, make yourself suffer, improve yourself in whatever way you need to or want to. Tackle that challenge that has been daunting you that you don't think you can do. Just attempt it. If you fail, you can always try again. And uh, it will only make you better, I promise. All right, that's all I've got for you today, folks. Thanks again for listening. And uh, until next time, enjoy the weather and I guess make yourself suffer, but that seems like a bad way to end a podcast. But I guess make yourself suffer. All right, thanks, everybody.